Welcome to Indie Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Indie Cider Podcast. This week I'm playing a puzzle game. It's called Cube Cube Cube, although you'd never guess it from reading the name, where it's spelled QB QB QB. If you've ever played Tetris Columns or even Clax, then you may have an idea of what this game is about. There are various colored blocks falling down from the sky, and you have to match three. Depending on the mode that you're playing in, you can either stack them or arrange them in any sort of combination of vertical and horizontal as long as they're touching. No diagonals, though. And then they disappear. If the pile gets too high, it's game over for you. What makes this two-dimensional puzzle game unique is the playing field. Unlike a well, in which most games like Tetris and Columns and Clacks are played, this game is played on a rotating circle. I hesitate to say sphere because that implies three-dimensional, and this game is strictly two-dimensional. But it is a small planetoid and the blocks are falling down from outer space. There is some sort of perspective at play here as the blocks get smaller as they land, but nonetheless you are playing with a limited playing field on which you can fit 12 of these falling blocks. If the pile gets too high, then you lose a heart or a hit point, and you're allowed to do this once or twice. There is a mechanism by which you can regain health and extend your gameplay, although I've not yet determined exactly what that is. One of the most striking features of this game is the soundtrack. It's sort of a chiptune techno soundtrack in which the gameplay plays a role, because every time a block falls, it adds a tone to the music, integrating rather seamlessly. When you do well at a certain level, you unlock the next planet, of which there are six. Each planet has its own soundtrack, as well as other attributes that you'll hear about in the interview. The game was originally released on PC, although I thought it was originally released on Android, and just recently, in late October, made its way to... Mac and Linux, courtesy Steam and Desura, where you can buy it for $5. It's also available now for iOS as well as Android. The game was developed solely and entirely by a single developer who did the art, the music, and the programming and the design in just 48 hours for a competition known as Ludum Dare. From the website, which is L-U-D-U-M-D-A-R-E, ludumdare.com, this is an accelerated game development event, also called a game jam. The event takes place every April, August, and December over a weekend, limiting participants to a mere 48 hours in which to create their game. The first Ludum Dare was held in April 2002, and this game was an entry in Ludum Dare number 26, which was held April 26th to the 29th, 2013. Participants do not need to be in a specific venue. They can compete online, which was the case here, because our participant, our developer for this week's game, is based out of Poland. Now, I've not had many opportunities to interview international developers, so I was very excited to learn about this opportunity. The developer, whose real name is in the show notes for this episode at IndieCider.net, generally goes by the alias Rezoner. You can find him online at Rezoner.net, that's R-E-Z-O-N-E-R.net, also on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Rezoner. The game's soundtrack can be heard on SoundCloud.com slash Rezoner or Rezoner.Bandcamp.com. And you can also find his game online at Steam and Desura, as I mentioned, and also there's a free online version on his website. All those links will be in the show notes at IndieCider.net, and if you want to send any feedback about this show, go ahead and email me at feedback at IndieCider.net, or tweet me at GameBits. With all that said, please enjoy this week's interview. Today I have the honor of speaking with the designer, creator, and all-around genius behind the puzzle game Cube Cube Cube, that being Rezoner. Hello, sir. <laughs> Hi everyone. <laughs> it's good to speak with you. 
So your game is called, well, it's spelled QBQBQB, but I'm told it's pronounced CubeCubeCube, is that correct? Uh, yes, it's CubeCubeCube. And how did you come up with that name? I didn't have time to come up with a name as it was made for a competition, and the game was meant to be named Block Block Block, but it was been taken. So under influence of VVVVVV, I thought it would be nice to call it Cube 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 Cube. That's all. Oh, I love VVVVV. That's a great game. Now, you call the game Cube Cube Cube, but the most striking mechanic to me is the fact that it's set on a round planet. There are blocks falling, but it's very spherical. I wanted to make a 3D game at first, but I don't know. I, I know anything. I don't know anything about three-dimensional programming. So the cube stayed, but there are really blocks. <laughs> now you said this game was made for a competition. That being the Ludum Dare that you did about last year, was that your first time competing in the Ludum Dare? Yeah. Yes. It, it was my my first time with Ludum Dare, and uh, it was my first time. Uh, taking part in competition at all. And the Ludum Dare is designed to encourage people to make an entire game beginning to end in just 48 hours. Did you go into those 48 hours knowing what you were going to be doing? No, I, I sat like with no idea at all. I started to crawl over the internet, for example, a board game geek and, and such, and just drafting uh, ideas on the paper. The idea for QQQ was slightly different because your objective was to control the butterflies with the keyboard. I don't know how it ended up with a Tetris on the planet, but on my hard drive, the game is still called Butterflies. <laughs> and do the butterflies play any sort of gameplay mechanic or are they just background decoration? They're just background decoration, but in, um, the, at the beginning, uh, it was about uh, catching things on, on a screen with, with these butterflies that make uh, fancy sounds. Oh, it's hard to explain. Now, what sort of games inspired QQQ? For example, it reminds me a little bit of Clax, the way the colored blocks fall down. It reminds me of Centris, which is currently on Steam Early Access after a successful Kickstarter. Reminds me a little of Tetrisphere for Nintendo 64. I see a lot of different games in here. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but the truth is uh, I didn't know these games uh, be before I, I released Cube. It was later than that people were sending me emails like, oh, it's like gyroids, like Klax. Um, but the real inspiration is Triple Town is a, a match-free game and, and Tetris itself, no more than that. As part of the Ludum Dare, you create this entire game all by yourself, that being the art, the gameplay, the programming, the music, and you're only 26 years old. How did you learn so many different skills? My father uh, owned an Amiga computer, and he was like uh, tracking music, uh, drawing animations in the looks behind, even that some, did some programming, so it was quite in my blood from, from from the early years. And there's no no magic in, in that. I just party, don't, don't party a lot and work hard every day. <laughs> so you're entirely self-taught? You, did you go to school for any of this? No, I, I'm totally self-taught. Self so what was the hardest part of this game for you? Was it the music, the programming? For the competition, it was 
it was really drafting the idea of what I want to make. I, I, I had so many ideas, and when it come, came to, to write a fun game out of it, all of them failed. So, so yes, the, a game design, no, no, not the game development, not, not technical issues, just a game design. Yeah, because if you don't have a good idea, then everything else just falls through. It doesn't matter how pretty it looks or how good it sounds. If it's not fun to play, that's the hardest part. Yeah, so, so the core mechanics, yeah. You did all this development from your home in Poland, correct? Uh, right, that's correct. I'm not very familiar with the game scene over there. Are there many other game development individuals? Are there many uh, studios or other people who are working on games in your area that you can meet with in person? Uh, in my area, it's it's uh, it's really hard to meet anyone that make games, especially as as a solo developer. But yeah, Poland is is quite a, a lively has a has a lively industry when it comes to games. We have the from the bigger companies. We have guys who make Witcher. We have Eleven Base of Animali Warzone. And from smaller, smaller developers, uh, you should probably know Sosowski, who, who made MacPixel, or, or the guys who made Superhot. Yeah, that, I, I do know some of those names. That, that I didn't realize so many of them were coming from your part of the world. That's amazing. Now, QQCube originally came out for Android in August of 2013. Here we are in... November of 2014 with the iOS, Mac, and PC versions having just come out last week. Why did we have to wait more than a year for us non-Android players to finally get a hold of this great game? Okay, so so the game wasn't released for Android first. It was released for PC. And, and then it came by the request of players to, to Android. And the reason why you don't know the game is probably because it wasn't on Steam up to, I don't know, like a few days ago, I've got approved and it popped out in Steam. And since then, I'm, I'm receiving the attention that I, I didn't got for the whole, whole year. But it is a new release for Apple iOS, right? That's new? Uh, right, right. It, it went like a week ago. Was it very hard to port the game from one system to the other? It wasn't that hard because I, I use uh, one code base for all the systems. I, I write my games in HTML5, so really I, I have the, the same code base, but there are some differences in, 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 in how you approach uh, UI and controls. No, technically it wasn't a problem. The problem was more of a getting approved, uploaded, and wait. I have a few questions about the gameplay itself. One of the things I was happy to see when I first booted up the game was a colorblind mode. A lot of developers don't think about those kinds of things when they make their game. They have a stereotypical gamer in mind. They just make that game for them. You were thoughtful enough to create a game that more people can play. What was what prompted you to do that? Okay, so uh, <laughs> I wasn't really thoughtful, and first release of Cube didn't support uh, colorblind players. It was later when I was showing the game to one of my family members, and, and she was like, uh, wow, what a great game, I, I like the music, and feels great, but I can't see the difference between brown and purple. 
And I was like, why? Because I'm colorblind. And, and that's the, that was the day I, I found out that this person is even colorblind. Then I've been receiving a, a lot of emails from, from colorblind players and I've started to realize how many of them are there. So I've decided to, to, to do something with it. And that's it. I'm glad that you had that experience and that you decided to act on it. Some people might have just said, oh, well, I'm sorry you can't play my game. I'm glad you took that extra step to evolve your game. As I was playing the game, speaking of evolution, I unlocked various planets. What are the differences between the different planets? Okay, so the reason why I started uh, Cube wasn't because I wanted to make a game, wasn't because I wanted to make a game, but I wanted to show my music to people. Mm, the game is, is kind of a byproduct of that. So the main difference between plants is, is really the music. But of course, they, they are being harder, smaller, and there are more colors. So you have to be more careful what you put where. I was playing the game with a friend of mine. We tried both the co-op and the versus mode. As we were playing, we would be moving the planets left and right, but sometimes we would get distracted or confused and we were trying to move the blocks left and right and we end up moving in the opposite direction. Is there any way to reconfigure the controls to like change which buttons do what? Okay, so there's no way to to, to, to reverse the control or something because it wouldn't help. It's very hard to explain, but uh, your expectations for the planet rotation depends on what point of the screen you are looking at. If you are looking at top and you want to move left, you would expect it to move left by clicking left. But if you look down, then you want the left button to, to move right. It's, it's unsolvable. And no, no, it, it doesn't sound, uh, it doesn't sound log logical, but you have to, you have to think of it by yourself. We, do, we just have to adapt ourselves to the game. That's one of the challenges. So how has the game been received? I did a search for some various reviews on the different indie sites, and it seems like people are really liking your game. Well, they do. I, I, I'm quite surprised because for me, it's, it's still a, a Tetris on, on, on a planet, nothing revolutionary. But I, I think people see um, the atmosphere of, of, of this game somehow appealing or, or original is because when I, I started to work on, on this game, it was much deeper planned. There, there was a, this entity like Gaia or something rescuing other planets and, and, and looking for information of how, how could she restore her own home planet. And since I've removed this, this things because I thought there is more plot than gameplay, but but the the, the depth and atmosphere kind of stayed with the game. So, so I think this is what people see. Yeah, one of the reviews I read said that he could, if he wanted, really dissect the game and think about all the metaphors and the plot. But he was having so much fun just playing the game that he didn't want to go that deep. Yeah, I hope I hope that people write their own plots just by um, hearing the song in in the menu. It's it's not very informative, so it's quite open for everyone in uh, imagination. So the game is now available for multiple platforms with multiple play modes and multiple levels. What is next for Cube Cube Cube? Is there going to be additional f options or levels or features? A new version? 
as for platforms, I, I would like to to stay where we are because it's getting hard to manage. You know, there's PC, Windows, um, OS X, and Android, iOS. It's 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 really every update takes um, more and more time. But I w- I would like to make like a second part of Cube, where of course there is more music, more planets, but also like there is there is more life um, in, into these planets where you you, you I, I would like player to to build these planets. With these blocks, I would like the the life to evolve, the, the buildings to to come out, uh, maybe uh, some spaceships. I'm not sure if that's uh, imaginable, but my words. <laughs> and if people want to stay updated on those new versions, where should they look? Where can they follow you or your game online? Probably the the best place to follow my work at general is Twitter. And my Twitter handle is Rizonar. Not sure if it's pronounced well. <laughs> Great. Well, you know, I've really been enjoying your game, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Thank you, Rizonar. Have a good day. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to meet you. This has been Indie Cider, a Game Bits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at IndieCider.net. And how do I pronounce your name? <laughs> this will be hard. Uh, it's Przemyslav Chikorski. Przemyslav Chikorski? <laughs> mm. uh, why wouldn't we stick to Rizona?